0: Really listen, I hope you understand Execute your vision, go and get it, be a man Save your money, motherfucker, for another day We got the book and the album on the fucking way This generation is full of hate Always wearing what the next man make. They, they never want to see the next man make it. No, 2018, let's have a gangster conversation. No. Like how to treat a woman, take care of your kids. Gotta take responsibility for what you did. <laughs> I do it to inspire, take your mind a little higher. Like her name on the degree, not her name on a flyer. Yup, yeah, boss moves. We just doing what a boss do. We on now and we all you. It's true. 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 The TK Kirkland show. <laughs> show. <laughs>
1: What's up, lady? Hi, how are you?
2: I'm
3: doing good.
2: So?
1: I'm well, thank you. Good. Yeah, what you doing? Just uh, was out and about, so I wanted to position myself in a quiet space. Um, this will be kind of relatively my first podcast, so I'm very excited about it.
3: Oh, Okay, cool. Well, what I do on my show is that we just
2: talk normal, and
3: then mm-hmm. all that stuff just kicks in. I just don't. Start random or um, make it too professional because I like things just to come natural. just like if we were just having a conversation and let it flow. Okay. Yeah, so to the to my audience around the world, and, you know, I I travel a lot. I ran into this um, beautiful lady in Virginia. I took pictures. Me and her mom had a thing for each other, which is
2: <laughs> <funny>. But... <laughs>
3: And we started talking and I really like what she talked about. She's a, um well tell the people about yourself on and we'll rock it from there.
1: Okay. Um my name is Angelia Allen. I am a an elected school board member in the city of Portsmouth, Virginia. That's in the Hampton Roads area. So you have
2: mm-hmm.
1: um Portsmouth, Norfolk, Virginia Beach, Hampton. All those areas are a region that's um Hampton Roads. So I was elected in two thousand sixteen. So I'm relatively new to the um political arena. Um but it it's it's a lot to take in and especially for people of color, it's our mm-hmm. time, we need to jump in. We need to get involved and engaged. So I saw right. a need that I wanted to fill, so here I am.
3: So now elected official, let me ask you a question. So when you say elected official, what do you, what do you do actually what do you actually do for the people in your area? Or what is it you're trying to do?
1: Well, I'll I'll come back a little bit and tell you how I got to this place that mm-hmm. that prompted my run.
2: Okay. I have
1: a godson who was in his last year of high school,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you know when they say it takes a village, he had a village. hmm And the experiences that we went through when it came time to talking to guidance counselors, talking about college, what is the next step, where does he need to be, if someone who has a village we're getting the runaround and, and incorrect information. What's happening to our children that don't have that village? Mm-hmm. So that sparked the opportunity for me to um, want to jump in and run for office because there's, there's something that I can bring to the table that none of my counterparts can bring to the table. And that was the experience that I was having right then and there and the experience of, what are we doing to help our children move forward?
3: Mhm. So you're saying that the counselors was giving your um family member the wrong information about school?
1: It wasn't forthcoming. You had to you had to dig for it and then sometimes it wasn't right. So okay. and then sometimes you can go to someone up at the school and they make you feel like you're interrupting their day. Mhm. And it's so serious especially for our young black men.
2: Right.
1: If college is the direction that they want to go, that we make sure that we get them there mm-hmm. and we offer as many opportunities as there are possible that they don't have to pay to go. But right. then we also have to think about those that are not going to college. I am not college educated. Right. Um and which is a feat in of itself for myself to be elected to a school board without having a college degree and I am the only one currently sitting on our school board without a college degree.
2: Right.
3: So
1: I understand the importance of having alternatives to college. Yeah, that's true. So everyone's not going to college, whether they can afford it, whether they, they are the possible breadwinner for their family, whether they're just not interested in that, or the grades or the finances and the resources aren't there for that. But they can still make an excellent living. Electricians don't require you to have a college degree, plumbers, Mm -hmm. auto technicians, all of those are jobs that can be started um, in our school division. So, for example, um, I we are actually teaching in Portsmouth Public Schools pharmacy technicians. That was something that I brought to the table. So there, there's opportunities. I feel we should be growing our own bus drivers. There's a shortage of bus drivers across our country.
3: I Let's didn't know that. Grow them.
1: There are educators. There's a shortage of teachers. There's a,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know
1: healthcare professionals. Everyone is always going to get sick, so you're always going to have a job.
3: Right. It's true.
1: So career and technical education was extremely important to me mm-hmm. to make sure that we're offering that and that our kids understand. You can make good money. You pay an electrician if you have something that's broken in your house, correct? Right,
3: that's right.
1: And you're not paying them pennies, are you? That's true. So. No, I know. totally
3: agree. I was having a conversation earlier about this, and it's just a, um, a facade on how your whole life you're taught to go to college, but it's really a government trick to have you in debt for the rest of your life.
1: You don't have to be though. if you work the system. Don't let the system work you.
3: Right. But most people do wind up in debt. They they, they take these loans out of financial aid. Some people never really complete school. So now they're in debt for years. Absolutely. For years they're in debt. And it's good that you and we are supplying this information to the public on – to give them more insight, because I know people, their family members, or even if they thought to so just touch it on it just a little bit, this will help them out a great deal. And if continue, I'm, I'm, I just wanted to throw that in there, if I could um, the,
1: the other thing that I think it's important to understand is that um, all politics is local as well. We can't right. just lose focus on what's happening up in Washington. Because the things that are actually happening in your everyday life are happening on your local level, your right, council, yeah. your town council, your school board.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: everything starts from the school board, actually. Well, because that's the training ground for our next set of leaders. Right. So you have your school board. You can't sleep on the school board. That's a very important aspect in political life.
3: Well, it's so right. I,
1: well, a lot of people may use the school board as an opportunity to become elected. You need mm-hmm. to learn. Politics is all, and in, in, I don't want to call it a game because right. there's lives that are, that are truly impacted by what we do. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you have to learn how to get in and learn how the game is played mm-hmm. and learn the rules of it because it's not for the faint of heart. You know, you're gonna hear things said about you that may or may not be true. You have to have mm-hmm. tough skin. Yeah,
3: You have to be. You have game. to know who you are. Right.
1: Because if you don't know who you are, somebody else will tell you who you are. Right. And then you have to continue to emphasize. So. Yeah,
3: see these commercials. They be tearing each other asses up on these commercials.
1: They do. And mm-hmm. and and what's it for? What what is it truly? You know, you take these sound bites and you think, oh, that's the truth. But if you don't educate yourself, how are they voting? Are they voting your interest? And everybody who looks like you is not voting your interest.
3: That is so true.
1: So you have to pay more attention because you have to, Your not only your life, but your children and your grandchildren's lives depend on what it is that we do. And mm-hmm. the most important thing is number one, we have to be registered. In Virginia, the last day to register is tomorrow. Okay. Um, all across this country, you can go to various websites and find out when is the last day to register to vote.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then you have to understand who's running. You know, right, right. now in Portsmouth, Virginia, we have a city council race that's three seats out of seven member councils.
2: Mm-hmm. We
1: have um, on our school board four seats that are up for grabs. We have um, Congress, Senate, the House of Representatives. There's so much that is going to happen on November 6th that will set the tone to whether you're pro-Trump or anti-Trump.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The people that you place around that can either block him or help him. That's right. how serious it is. So, and we, and we need to get our young people involved.
3: Right, and that's what I was gonna ask you next. Because on my um when I talk about voting, I talk about voting a lot on my Instagram, Twitter. And every now and then I get a young kid that says voting doesn't help and I explain. Sometimes I'll block them instead of have to explain. But what I wanna do on this particular show is explain to people the importance of it and why they should vote and why do they think they vote doesn't count.
1: I think sometimes people don't believe that their vote does not count because they don't see the effects of their vote right away.
3: Right.
1: Or, you know, taking point, they feel like, well, what's the use of voting if the electoral college is just going to decide who the president is? Right. You have right. someone who won the popular vote. Mm-hmm. And it is disheartening. You know, um, in 2016, I went to bed after I won knowing I was going to wake up to the first female president, mm-hmm. only to wake up the next day and ask, what the hell happened?
3: Right, it's true.
1: So it can be disheartening, but you can't just give up because giving up is giving in. Right. So I think when there was a race here in Virginia that was so close that it was decided on by a pull of a ballot out of a vote,
2: Whoa.
3: that's
1: how that's how serious it is that someone else was able to reach in and say, well, this is we're going to declare this person the winner just by pulling it out of a hat. Do you want people representing you that you did not want to represent you? Right. And it can come down to if five people that say to you, I don't know why I'm voting. It just doesn't it doesn't help. Those five people could have been the catalyst for the person that had their best interest at heart getting in office. Mm -hmm. That's how serious it is. So, you know, not only that, if you have a gift or a talent or you see someone running that you want to get behind, there's ways to help them. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Explain. You know,
1: it takes money to run a campaign. Right. And it doesn't take a lot of money from one person. $5, $10, $15, $20, $25, Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five dollars. That all comes together to help out. You have to buy signs, depending on the type of race that you're wanting. Right. You know, it's not cheap to run a race. So and how
3: would a person? I'm sorry to interrupt. How would a person mm-hmm. go? So you find a um, a person that you want to get behind. How mm-hmm. do you track that person down to give them money?
1: Oh easily! um, the first thing you want to do if you find a candidate that that you want to be behind. go out to their social media, okay, you find out what their what their um website is.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: A lot
1: of times you can give money electronically, so okay. you never even have to be in the same state as the person that is running. for instance, you know we we have some serious races going on, Andrew Gillum, down in Florida.
3: Right. I was just go wondering. to
1: his website and go ahead and donate. Every little bit counts. He would be the, you know, Stacey Abrams out in Georgia.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That that sister would be the first black female governor in our country. Wow. You have been jealous up in Maryland. So I am a priestly and, and she's running for Congress out in Massachusetts. And I'd be remiss if I didn't holler out uh G Williams for the 1st Congressional District in Virginia.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So
1: go to these people's websites, read up on them, find out what their views are, and there's always an option to give. Okay. So, but if you're local, when they're having a rally or, or, or a, a speaking engagement, go out there, introduce yourself, put a check in their hand,
2: mm-hmm.
1: put cash in their hand. But not only that, ask how you can help. We have to go knock on doors when we're running for office, and that takes a team. We need someone to make phone calls. So every little bit helps someone to set up, break down when we're out somewhere. Mm -hmm. We actually need a village of our own because there's already going to be enough people against us.
2: Right.
3: We
1: need to show and force people that are for us.
3: Now, before we move forward, break down the electrical vote and the other, what's the other one? The popular vote. The
1: popular vote. So yeah, the popular right vote, each state has what's called um, electoral votes. So, and it's kind of broken down almost like uh, your largest state has the more electoral votes. Mm-hmm. So for the popular vote, that's when we all go out and we say who we want to represent us. And a lot of times, it kind of falls in our favor, but it's those weird times where it doesn't, and it depends on who's sitting in what's called the Electoral College.
3: And how did um, it come about? Like, let me let you finish, but I'm trying to ask, why does that make a difference, and who came up with that?
1: To be 100% honest, I wouldn't be the person to break down the ins and outs of an Electoral College. Right. It's... it's just know that it's important that we still make our voices heard because they do hear us. They they go after us. So we still do the popular vote thing, and the majority of the time, again, it swings in our favor that the popular vote is the person that wins.
2: Mm-hmm. But on
1: these weird terms, it wasn't. Wow. So,
2: yeah,
1: and it's just, we can't continue to hide our heads in the sand as to how this thing works, especially if we're not at the table. Uh-huh. That's the other thing you We've got to have a seat at the table
3: yeah, how do you think how do you get a- ta- How do you get a seat at the table?
1: Well, one of the things there's several routes, one of them is mentorship. If there's someone that's in the office that you you have taken a real strong liking to their views and you want to work with them. Let's the, ask them to mentor you. If okay. this is the lifestyle you want to go, mentorship is so important, and you're never too old to have a mentor. I have a mentor. I have several mentors, and I'm 45. Right. So one of my mentors is our state senator, eloise Louise Lucas, who has been in office for 30-some-odd years in the state of Virginia. Mm-hmm. You know, she teaches a, a multitude of things, and I watch how she gets things done. Find that person that is doing what you want to do and ask them to mentor you. The second thing is preparation. While I did not go to college, I went through several political schooling, uh, schooling opportunities. So I did Emerge Virginia, which is a program geared towards getting women, Democratic women, elected. Um, there's other opportunities out there for you to do higher heights. They work on getting African American women elected. Mm -hmm. So you really do some research and determine which works for you. There's a black campaign school. So there's opportunities. Yes, black campaign school. Look it up when you get the opportunity. But there's the, they're training people of color to get ready to run. So the other thing is it's, it's so important. Um, that you prepare yourself because there's our next generation of leaders are not necessarily going to be traditionally educated. They're going oh. to be people where it's going to be touch them. Life is going to touch them in a way that they're going to just say, you know what, this is what I stand for. And they are going to be people that are going to get behind them. So preparation is important. Um, getting on your local boards and commissions. There are times where boards and commissions are begging for people of color. Don't be afraid to apply for things.
2: Mm-hmm. What's the worst
1: they can tell you is no. Right. And then you ask why not, and then you go rectify that situation so that you go back again. They have no choice but to get a seat. You've done the work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Be involved in your community. So I you used know, to do
3: that stuff, too. I'm sorry to um, believe it or not, when Maxine Waters was a young woman.
1: Maxine.
3: I used to help her raise money in Los Angeles, California.
1: So you know how tough it can be.
3: Yeah, I helped her. Uh, I forgot this other mayor um, that was running out there. The, um, the old man who passed away when the riots, the black guy. What was his name? Um
1: mm.
3: There's only one black man in Los Angeles, California.
1: Oh, oh, wait a minute. I could tell you what his name is. Give me one quick second. Mm-hmm. I'm racking my brains for it yeah, now. Yeah,
3: because it's been so long. I forgot about him. Nice guy.
1: Um, oh, my gosh. I know. It. I see his face right now.
3: Yeah. big Forehead.
1: Uh, <laughs> okay. Was it Jackson Johnson? Um,
3: Jackson or Johnson? Tom Bradley. Bradley, I was way off. What's
1: his yes. name again? It was Tom Bradley.
3: Tom Bradley. Sure was. Mm-hmm. I helped him raise money back in the day. And one of the greatest moments dealing with Maxine and Tom Bradley, and people don't notice about me, even though I just stand-up comedy, one of my greatest achievements in the history of stand-up is that I hosted Nelson Mandela's when he got out of prison at the farm in Los Angeles, California. Wow. Huge. I forgot the year, but Nelson Mandela just got out of jail after all those years. He was on that world tour, remember? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it
3: came through Los Angeles, California, L.A. Coliseum, and I was the host and introduced to people like Tone. This is Tone Loke was the man back in the
1: day. Wow, wild thing. yeah, (laughs) Yeah, wild
3: thing. So it, that that was my definition of um, not politics, but um, just having a hand in the situation. And the reason why I also wanted to get reached out to you because right now politics is on everybody's mind because of the antics of the great Kanye West. And whatever people's opinion Of him is, and whether you think he's crazy or he's doing the right thing, he has everybody talking about politics. And this is the reason why I want to do this episode with you, because I feel it would be a great time to do it today, so we could air it tomorrow, so we have a few weeks to get people to get their minds right, to understand that their votes do count, to talk to intelligent women like yourself to. Explain this the way you should be explain it's just telling somebody just to vote. Sometimes you have to hear why you should vote, and you hear from someone because it makes a difference. Just saying, "Oh, you should vote, you should vote." Well, why should I vote? But people just don't get it, and that's why I'm so glad that we continue doing this, and we could we could continue going as well because I like the fact of how you break it down every level of politics in this business.
1: And it is a business for some. Um, It's a business. uh, In reference to Kanye West, I need people to understand that we don't have time to focus on what Kanye is saying. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Kanye's
1: children will have the best private school education money can buy. Right. In the meanwhile, while we're focused on Kanye, we have a we have in our in our cities across this land underfunded schools. Mm-hmm. We have schools that are that are broken down, dilapidated, old as ever. We need to be focused on what we can do outside our front door. Whether or not, you know, Kanye is crazy, not crazy, it's irrelevant. Kanye mm-hmm. will never have to focus on the things that our children are going to have to focus on when his kids go to school. Right. So let, let's not believe the hype of Kanye West. While mm-hmm. Kanye has everybody talking, what is being said? What is the narrative? You know, we Kanye's going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. I think if, Anything that you take from the Kanye West situation is if you look at what Donald Trump has said out of his own mouth that you can watch with your own eyes, not what somebody told you he said, but you can visually see for yourself the things that President Trump has said, and then coincide with Kanye telling him that a hat makes him feel like Superman. Right. Right. Or that he loves this and he loves that. If you can co-sign that, then go the direction Kanye is going. Mm -hmm. I can't look at the things that President Trump has said and think that he cares about my views or speaks to what's going on in my community. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whether you're a Trump supporter or not, he does not share my views. So I will not support him or anyone who is supporting him because it hurts my community.
3: Right. I respect that. Now, I'm reading the paper yesterday.
1: mm -hmm. If
3: something bothers me that I'm seeing that's going to happen in 2020, the the race for the presidential election, right, Mm -hmm. the candidates that they have so far,
1: People that are talking about possibly running.
3: Right. People who talk about possibly running.
1: Mm-hmm. There's
3: no competition for Trump. He can beat these people hands down with a bad rep.
1: I, I don't know about that. I, You know, we okay, we've got cool. some. Okay,
3: well, help me, help me explain that to me then, because I saw got Biden's some name standing there. I saw mm-hmm. the girl, Sanders. Sanders?
1: Uh, um, you're talking about Kamala Harris out of California?
3: I think it's come out of who Who's the last person with Laughing Sanders?
1: If you're talking about Sarah Sanders, she's the White House press secretary.
3: There was something about, I saw Sanders in there, if I'm not mistaken.
1: There's so many people floating it around. And I think okay. what happens not only in the presidential election, but elections across this country
2: uh-huh. is that
1: everyone is trying to see well, if this person runs, I shouldn't run because it might break up the vote. Or if this person runs, we should do this or this or that. I mean, we're mm-hmm. still
3: okay. a ways out. It's a but strategy. It,
1: it, it is, it it has to be a strategy, because okay. what we don't want to happen is that, case in point, the Hillary and the Bernie Sanders thing, it was like, if you were so Bernie Sanders, you may not be able to have gotten behind Hillary. And because you couldn't get behind Hillary because you were just so stuck on your candidate,
2: Mm -hmm.
3: This is what
1: we have in the White House now. And some people felt that way.
3: Yeah, I agree.
1: So I think it's important, you know, as we move forward, you're hearing different names. You're hearing Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden. Um, I think whomever decides to run, we need to get behind them if they are speaking our views. Right. If they're the antithesis of what's happening right now in Washington, personality aside, we have to start thinking more strategically in how are we going to defeat Trump in
2: 2020.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm now up for office it. again in 2020. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a concerted effort that across this country. Even when I run, I have also got to get behind whoever it is that is going to be the Democratic nominee for office, unless it's somebody that decides to run independent. Mm -hmm. So it's going to take a nation of us. Remember how Public Enemy said nation of millions to hold, it takes a nation of millions to hold his back?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: We need that mentality.
3: So here's a question, right? You know, we get our Afro-Americans, let's say Afro-American, I'm gonna go this level first. We go this way and they get into, into office and and they really don't do what they're supposed to do to help the black community. And what I mean by that is, let's take Obama for a second, right? Mm -hmm. To me, I don't really think Obama did enough Afro-Americans in the eight years that he was there, and watch where I'm going with this. See, being a leader, to me, of a black, if you're in the hood, or you're a leader of the free world, you got to take care of your own to levels, because here's what I'm about to tell you. You let a Mexican, American Mexican, become president, and they're going to take care of their people out the gate. And my point being is Obama, yeah, he got a couple of people out of prison, yeah. He didn't put a, the National Guard in Chicago to help the murder rate there that if that was Mexicans or whites, it would have been done. Now, I know his hands are tied, and that's where I'm going. See, we get the office, we get become president, and our hands are still tied. How do we get past that part? Because just because you get there still don't mean you run a shit.
1: Absolutely. But it comes down to let me break it down. Number one, I, you know, it's hard to say what a Mexican American president would be able to do. Given this, oh,
3: let me tell you why I went that direction. I'm giving you that. I've been locked up a couple of times, right? Mm-hmm. And this is some real about to say to the people and they'll know. When you get locked up Mexicans in jail would take care of you as soon as you walk in that damn door. They will make sure you fed. They make sure that you're straight. Now, let's go in the streets of hustling. In the 80s, when I was hustling from Philadelphia to Cali, the Mexicans wasn't the connect. It was the Italians in Mexico and the blacks. But because when we was young in our 20s, blacks were killing a lot of mexicans so now mexicans is the full front of the cocaine marijuana trade all over the world but if you ain't got to connect with them you pretty much ass out and they don't trust blacks but my point is if you find one that really like you they'll give you this shirt off their back because in that world we are considered haters and traitors, Afro-American men. So that's the reason why I said that if they become president, I swear to you, they're going to look out for their people within the first week. So that's my, that is from just personal experiences, and that's the reason why I would say that. So I'm trying to figure out, when Obama was in there, I knew that his hands were tied, so I'm give him a pass on that, but I know that we have executive order, but it's like you said, even though it's president, you could become president, you still have to handle things in your local area. Because think about it. I'm, we're in our 40s, 50s, and things are still kind of rough for a lot of Afro-American people. You know, still a lot of people on welfare, still people don't, I know these, uh, these just bad choices, but we get our, uh, elected officials in there and sometimes they turn their backs on us, or sometimes they're just great liars and you get manipulated, which a lot of them do. A lot of them are just great liars and you'll go vote, you'll go bust your ass off, and they know one thing. Eventually, you're going to forget what you voted for and got them in, and they're going about their business. So I'm hearing myself talking. I'm pretty much answering my own questions and what I'm saying to you. Is that how do we avoid that? We don't, and we have to do our due diligence more, but I want you to explain that when people get up early on those days to go vote as they're listening to the show starting tomorrow, what is our incentive? How can we motivate them to pick the right candidate? And what can they look for from your experience being in this world to pick the right candidate? What what are the things they should look for to prove that they made the right decision?
1: Well, number one, the incentive is if you don't, you've already conceded to the other side. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the incentive. So the okay. other side, you know, you have to think. Your your non-vote is a yes vote for the other side.
3: Okay. I understand.
1: So that's, that's case in point. I think when we're looking at whether or not who's in our best interest, I'm going to share something.
2: hmm
1: There has been one case of a... Police officer being held accountable for the killing of an unarmed black man
2: Mm -hmm. in Portsmouth, Virginia.
1: Uh, Yes. He's been in jail almost two years now. Okay. Stephanie Morales is the Commonwealth Attorney of Portsmouth, Virginia. Under 40, African-American female. She was successful in obtaining a guilty verdict of a police officer killing an unarmed black man. So when I when you ask what is the incentive, the Commonwealth attorney in your city could be an elected position. In a lot of places there are elected positions. Okay. She was reelected. And trust and trust me when I say this, when she was on television across the country, because she was the one that was able to get it done. That's why she was reelected. Because you can see that one of the reasons she was reelected. Okay. You can see how not having someone in that chair might have been different.
3: Right.
1: When we look at we have to hold our people accountable, whether they're white or black. I think sometimes mm-hmm. black people are held to this different accountability than our white counterparts are, and it's not fair. That's true. So, you know, we think because I see, you see me at the grocery store, I may have voted on something that would be considered an unpopular vote. Mm -hmm. But I also think if it was my, my white counterpart, would you ask that same question?
3: Right. Well, when I hear you say that, it goes back to this shit just ain't fair, regardless of how you slice it.
1: Well, I'm not going to say it's not fair because then that's me getting into, well, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, no, sometimes you can't go through the front door. You've got to climb through the window. Right, that's true. So when, when you're looking at a
2: candidate,
1: what I look for, I'll, 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 I'll go from what I personally look for. Number okay. one, have they been in the community?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can't speak for me if you don't speak to me. That's right. Have you been there? Do you see, do you understand? Most of the people that run for office are self-made millionaires. or they, they are millionaires. They don't work a nine to five. Right. The next set of leaders, we work. I work a full-time job. I go to school full-time. And I serve in my community. So I want to know, do you have that grind? Right. What's important to everyone? While I while I do serve on the school board, I need to know what's important to my seniors. Mm-hmm. Number one, they're the ones that go out to vote. What's important to them? If they own their home, a lot of our elders worked hard to own their homes, and if you think about personal property taxes, which we have in our city. Mm -hmm. If it comes down to we need to raise taxes because we need to fund our schools, because our city council funds our schools, I will say they underfund our schools. So in order for us to gain more income to raise taxes, Mm -hmm. some of our seniors are trying to make the decision between medication, keeping their lights on, and groceries. So now we want to tax them more. That's across this country. You have right. to understand what is important to people and how what you do is going to affect them. So, you know, if you don't get into this to make a lot of money because you don't.
3: Right. You
1: don't get into this, you know, some people think that you're oh so powerful. I sit on a nine-member school board. I am mm-hmm. only one vote. So you have to you have to look at a candidate who's able to work with people Okay. Some people not going to look like you that you want to need to work with to get done what you need to get done. Mhm. And if you're wrong, you have to be open to having someone respectfully tell you why you're wrong, why they feel you're wrong. Okay. You have to be able to communicate with people. I don't want someone who is untouchable.
2: Okay. I
1: don't want someone who you're going to ask me for my vote, but you won't hear my voice. So, But you can't just, you know, we got to get off social media just thinking that's the end-all, be-all.
3: Right.
1: But some people on social media are not even going to think about going to vote on election day. Right,
3: well, it's true.
1: And that can sway the direction of an election. People hack into things. The images that you're constantly seeing when you go to a website, now when you go on your Facebook, you're seeing commercials for certain things. Mm -hmm. it's pre-programming. Right. So it's pre-programming you to think there's no chance of your candidate winning. That's not true. Mm -hmm. That's what they want you to believe. Election day, you need to go take you and three other people with you to the polls. If you can vote now, go vote now. Mm
3: -hmm. On all levels, in all your cities, Around because now this is just in America, though, right? Not elections all over the place. Just America, correct?
1: Just, in, just in America, yeah. Yeah, just the America, yeah.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And yeah, the other thing the- that's important is just because someone becomes president, that doesn't make them, you know, king or queen. They right. also have to they have to be accountable to Congress. So right now we have a Republican president, a Republican Congress, House, and Republican Senate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So whose initiatives you think are going to get pushed through? Right. If there's no one there to push back. So that's why you go out and vote, because there's now no one there that has the majority to speak for you or to push back when something's happening. Mm -hmm. I honestly believe there are plenty of Republicans that do not agree with our president, but they're not going to say anything. Right. Come on. We we have to we have to be strong, we're stronger together than apart. Right. So when that's what I look for when someone is running for office. And I think we have to also not just think locally. As I say we have opportunities to elect black governors across our country. We need to do that. I mean, we've only ever had two.
3: Right. That's interesting. I never knew that. Only two.
1: And the first one was L. Douglas Wilder here in Virginia. So yeah,
3: never
2: that.
1: it is beyond comprehension. Think of it this way. Kids that are in kindergarten and and, and are mm, five and below, right. they're mine. They've seen a black president. So it's not an anomaly to them. Right. But for someone our age and up, did we ever think we see it in our lifetime?
3: Yeah, I agree.
1: So we can't just let this be one and done. Mm-hmm. We want to continue to, to to share our views even when we disagree. Sometimes it's, it's about the all and not the small. And then sometimes it's got to be about the small and not the all. Sometimes we're going to have to take one for the same. Right, but in the, when we get in office, you have to hold us accountable. You have to call. You have to. You just can't say I voted for you and that's it.
3: Right. Okay.
1: And then get angry when we're not doing what you want us to do.
3: Because you didn't call to check or the follow up.
1: You got to take me to. You know, I, I have made unpopular decisions, but again. I don't have a problem articulating why I made the decision that I made. And once I'm able to voice that to you, you may see it in my direction.
2: Mm-hmm. But remember,
1: there's always somebody that's trying to, you know, circumvent why you've done what you've done because their goal is to knock you out. So you've got to be ready for that. You know, we still playing checkers.
3: Right.
1: While we got folks that out here playing some serious chess. So, you know, reform, you know, legalizing marijuana. We have a lot of people that are locked up that could be out, Mm
2: -hmm. that could
1: have their rights restored. But we have people in office, that's not important to them because we're not making it important to them.
3: Okay. That makes sense.
1: You'll lose your seat if you don't do what we need you to do, and we need to go out there, and we need to groom our next set of leaders. We need to teach them, not tell them, but teach them what they need to know to be successful.
3: Yeah, I totally and agree. Coming. And my thing, too, when I hear about the uh, we thing in the election, I, I know that it's going to pass as the years go, and one of the things I would like to see is that all men and women who are locked up for we, if it's not violent, They should let them out.
1: Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I think, you know, our um, former governor, Terry McAuliffe, he restored a great deal of rights before he left office, Mm -hmm. one by one. And they had the opportunity to vote, which made sure that we kept Virginia in Democratic hands. We have an African-American lieutenant governor. So, I mean, it, it... Every every person has to do their part. When you come out of jail, still ask for your rights to be restored. That's not an automatic thing. Mhm. Stop thinking because you made some some bad choices or some circumstances have happened that you just you don't have a voice. You do.
2: Right.
1: Look at you. Educated black man doing the things that you do. Mhm. After the things that you've done. Mhm. You got a serious testimony. Mhm. And do. So, you know, you have to really think about how serious it is. Your life literally can depend on it.
3: Yeah, I totally agree, and it's the reason why I'm so excited about um doing this particular show because my audience is huge and the numbers grow all the time. And I wanted to make sure that people heard, especially a woman, talk about politics and to explain to people that your vote does count. You gotta go out there and vote because I can't, no disrespect. I can't take Trump for another four years. I can't do it. I don't know what the Mueller investigation is doing. I don't know if this is the same thing. Remember the guy that was investigating uh, the Clintons, mm-hmm. um, and what was Kim his Star. name? Ken Starr. Ken Starr is like the modern Mueller right now because Ken Starr chased Clinton for eight years and never got him, and they spent all this money to get him. You know that, correct? I think it was in, a, in like two, three hundred million investigations the money. So um, I don't want the Mueller thing to be the same situation.
1: Well, and unfortunately, I think even if something comes out, again, we have a Republican House, we have a Republican Senate, and we have a Republican House. You know, I don't foresee Donald Trump being impeached.
3: Right. Unless he. And we know he's
1: not going to, we know he's not going to resign. That's just not in his DNA.
3: But he can be impeached if the House becomes Democrat.
1: Well, it's still going to be an uphill battle, and I think we – I don't want people in my mindset – and, again, these views are my views. Okay. Let's not hang our hat on, oh, we're going to find a way to get rid of Trump because we Mm -hmm. still have parents. Right. So even if you got rid of Trump, which I personally don't see happening, Mm -hmm. we have to put our focus on what's next.
2: Right,
3: I agree. Pay
1: attention to what's now. So we need to focus on what's next, because if we're to truly get rid of him, it's to make sure that we get behind someone for 2020. You know, people said, oh, well, you didn't like Clinton. She was cold. She was this. She was that. I wonder how many of those people would say, "Mm, hmm, we probably should have gone ahead and went with her. Right. So, I mean at the end of the day the question isn't um what are we going to allow them to do it's what are we going to do to stop them from doing what they're already doing mhm so and that's with any race but you know the presidential race it, it's so serious so we we have people who are so disenchanted with the process at this point that They don't think there's any coming back from that, and it is. We just just can't give up. We can't give up. We can't just – we're rolling back the clock.
3: Mm -hmm. So let me ask you a question. What do you think can happen to Donald Trump? Okay, they can't do nothing to him. So he's there until he can run again? Like, oh, I, I think he is
1: going to run again. Yeah.
3: yeah, he is going to run. But say they found all the stuff out on him, they can't get rid of him. They just could get the people around him, but they can't do that to him.
1: Well, if the, if the if the if the American public put him back in office, they put him back in office. There are people who have heard him mock a woman who was sexually assaulted. Right. Whether you believe her or don't believe her, you really mock somebody about that.
3: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy what he's gotten away with. Not just that about the the thirteen or fourteen women that claim he sexually assaulted them before he got elected, and he still got elected.
1: Right when when a when a candidate can say, "I'm going to grab them by the vagina," mm-hmm. and I just kiss them, and I can do it because of this. I mean, right. those were his words. Billy Bush lost his job.
3: Yes, it is.
1: And he wasn't even the one saying it. But he lost his job, and we put him in the White House. Yeah, this is insane. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we've bred someone who has never held office. I mean, think about it. Someone who has never held dog catcher. Mm Mm-hmm. Any office whatsoever. He is the commander-in-chief, so he has the ability to take us to war. Right. I mean, think about how serious. We have put a TV personality in office. So we really, we have people that are educated in the political sphere and ready to go. We mm-hmm. just need to figure out we need to we need to pay attention. We need to pay attention to their voting record. I, I I hear everything that people say. I wanna see what you've done.
3: Right. I agree.
1: And we don't do that. We don't do we don't do the best job possible of paying attention to what they've done. We pay attention to what they're saying in those three thirty seconds, fifty second sound bites that we have
2: mm-hmm.
1: and think we know everything there is to know. So being, and especially if I'm new to this politics thing, I pay attention. Right. So it's a lot to take in, and, it, and it's been, you have to know your strengths, too, if you're going to jump out there. Know what you're going to bring to the table, because you don't need 15 people doing the same thing.
3: Right. No, I find it very, very sitting here. Yeah. And they just think about the election. I'm pissed that we can't get rid of Trump. I'm pissed that it's just so much going on that it can it it can can really abuse a genius. Like there's that much bullshit that's out there. So to the fans of my show, the T.K. Kirk Show, you know, I always bring the real to my shows. So what I want you to do is take this this knowledge that this young lady has given us, apply it, do your due diligence on all your candidates, know what you need and have to have in your community, and get out and vote. understand whatever your terms are, Republican or Democrat. Just do your due diligence on your candidate. And bump up there. Just don't go in the poll and just because you want to get out of there so fast, you're just hitting different numbers. Don't do that. Don't do that at all. On that note, everybody, um, I thank you so much for your time, sweetie. I really appreciate it and I knew you was going to be good, but I didn't know you was going to be this solid and I, I truly appreciate you being so informative on the T.K. Kirkland Show. Yo, so Detroit, Michigan, Uh, October 20th, George Wilbur, Melody Camacho, Damon Williams, and Rodney Perry with the headliner, me, and the one and only T.K. Kirkland, a.k.a. T to the motherfucking K. And make sure you pre-order my comedy album, Gangsters Conversation, drops October 26th, and check me out on the Breakfast Club on October 24th where we're talking about um, the album and the new video to the album. Um, are there any, I mean, not the Christmas. I'm walking around with me, R.J. Jones and Triple X to stay sharing. And that's it. And just watch the journey. Beautiful. May your pain be champagne. I wish you luck. And you have my number. If you need me, call me anytime.
1: I will. Thank you so much. It's been an honor and a privilege to uh, speak to you and your listeners today. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you,
3: darling. Tell your mom I said hello, okay? And I said love
1: her. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to the
3: fans around the world, you've been listening to the TK Kirkland Show, and may God bless you. See you soon. Peace.
0: This episode of the TK Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne Lagod. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.